Claudia, and we're just two ladies talking about ladies. We wanted to create a safe space for women to voice their opinions on various topics about life and share their stories. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for hanging. Welcome to the Nova Femme podcast. This is Crystal and my host, uh, Claudia. And we're here today with a very, very special guest, uh, my mother, Gwen Seamers. I'm really excited to have her on today. She is one of the strongest, uh, most confident, and most beautiful women that I've known in my entire life. Not biased or anything, but uh, <laughs> she's a really awesome lady. She is a you know world-class dog trainer. She is the lieutenant of our local fire department. She was a single mom with me for many years, and she has just been such an amazing role model in my life, and I'm really, really happy to have her on today. So without further ado, <laughs> I love it oh, so much. <laughs> Uh, all of that so (laughs) oh i'm not your daughter but i agree with everything crystal said (laughs) so it's a vibe that's picked up on when you you're in the same room or over zoom (laughs) so you girls have questions for me yeah, Crystal, do you want to start since it's your mom? <laughs> yes, of course. So um, my biggest question to you is, you know, with everything that you've had to overcome in your life, you know, being Puerto Rican, uh, you know, minority growing up, being a single mom, being a woman in a male-dominated industry, has what has really stood out for you in your life, like any key moments that really made you believe that you were strong and that you could handle what life was giving to you? Well, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So first off, um, being a young single mother, um, having to raise my daughter by myself and to struggle with that was extremely difficult, but as soon as I had a partner that would support me, um, I found that I can do things more that I wanted to do. And when I was faced with that question, um, I instantly turned to volunteer work, work with the community. And one thing that stood out for me was working with canines. And I knew that I would be suited and, and quite frankly, very good at it. Um, so that was um, one of the things that I had to decide after you know your how about your last year in high school is when I decided to start running canines and join the search and rescue community uh, to see what I can what I can do you know I originally started off thinking that I could maybe do a service dog, um, something more calm. But as I looked further into it, I saw these search and rescue dogs running 
running and jumping out of planes, things like that. And I thought, you know, I got a little fire in me. I can probably do that. <laughs> yes. So I went for it. And I got everything, everything that I went for. Mm -hmm. I went straight <laughs> in. So, and, and I, I, I did all of it. More questions. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love your confidence and how you just go after what you want. Is there any like hesitation before you go after something? Like, is there ever like a moment where you question yourself and then you just have to beat it and you're like, you know what? No, I've done it before. I can do it again. Or is it just like instinct now where you're like, oh, I want to do this. I could totally do that. Let me show you. Oh, no. There's absolutely fear. There's fear of failure. There's fear of, of just not completing what you start. Mm -hmm. um, scared of not being enough. Not being able to hang with the big kids. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it is a male-dominated industry. Everything. The fire department search and rescue, mm -hmm. um, in particular, the canine units, uh, it's scary, but you can only do one of two things, excel or fail. Mm -hmm. Failure is not an option. If you're going to try it, do it all the way. And if you do it all the way, you will succeed. Mm -hmm. You will. I never thought that I would be the lieutenant of the ambulance company, head of the canine unit, an evaluator for multiple agencies, not only the fire department, but IMBTI was the Bloodhound Institute. I never thought I'd do any of that. Helicopter training, it's just wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah, you just have to try you try you can do it mm -hmm. wow oh, I love that perspective it makes sense uh that crystal is the way she is <laughs> hearing that I feel like that is definitely a core part of crystal that like I always look up to and like you know there have been moments where I've been afraid to do something and like crystal will just pop up in my head I'm like you know what I'm gonna try <laughs> I'm just gonna try it I'm just gonna go for it <laughs> It can't hurt to try, honestly, and I think we are all much more, we're more capable of a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. I think we can all do great things, but we're all a little, you know, we want to play it safe. We're, we're nervous to look silly or to make a mistake, but that's the only time that you're going to get rewarded. There's no reward without risk. Mm -hmm. So that's something, yeah, that my mom has definitely instilled in me from a young age. Yeah. Um, so Especially as... a question for you, mom. Uh, so one story in particular that you've told me a few times that I admire is uh, I have an uncle, Joe, your little brother, mm -hmm. um, and one day he was being bullied. Or was it Joe or Cindy? It was Joe. It was Joe. So he was being bullied... And he told my mom, he was all, you know, all teary eyed after school. And, uh, and my mom, you know, 
stood up for what she thought was right and she took matters into her own hands. I do you did. wanna do you wanna tell the story? <laughs> <laughs> so so keep in mind I was a child myself. <laughs> 16 years old, taking my little brother off the uh, school bus. He is I mean, kindergarten, so what is it, six years old? Yeah, ago? something like that. <laughs> he gets off the bus and he comes up, he's crying. So what's the matter with you? He's, oh, this kid's picking on me. I said, which kid? And he points to a boy. Now, this boy is ginormous, but he's the same age. I didn't know that. Anyhow, I told my brother, I said, what happened? He says he hit him in the head with the lunchbox. I said, you know what? That's nonsense. You're not going to get bullied. You're going to stand up for yourself right now, right here in front of me. And being 16, I told the other little boy, you stay right there. And I told my brother. You take your lunchbox and, and go whack him. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me and he shook his head no. And I said, if you don't whack him with your lunchbox in your self-defense, I'm going to whack you on the way home. <laughs> if you're going to be a punching bag, you're going to be a punching bag your whole life, and I'm going to hit you all the way home. So, <laughs> five or six-year-old... Went over to him with his lunchbox, thunk, and then the other one went. Eh. It was very cute. I used to babysit for them. It was very, it was very okay. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah, funny. You so learned, you know, you stick up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do not let anybody bully you ever, ever. Yeah. Or you will pay the price all the way home, mm -hmm. no matter how many years that is. Yeah. Don't do it. Stick up. Mm -hmm. yes. Be tough. What, Chin up. What gave you, because again, you mentioned you guys are so young yeah. with this with this type of courage and tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is the word. <laughs> so, but is that something that you had to learn or is that that confidence and that boldness, is that something you had to learn or is that something that you think you always sort of just had within? It's both. Mm. Mm. First of all, you cannot learn that. Mm. It has to be in you, but somebody has to say that's okay mm. bring it mm -hmm. and when somebody says that's okay bring your chutzpah bring your toughness fight that's when you become a champion mm. that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's funny how like people can have an impact on you and I feel like in my life, there's been times where people have given me the opportunity to give it my all. And just like having that one little opportunity to like actually go for it and succeed and do something awesome is just like, oh, I can do that with anything. Like I, I have this weird confidence in myself. I've always had it. It doesn't make any sense because it's proven wrong all the time, but I believe that I can do literally anything I want to do. I think that I can like lift 
the heaviest box in the world because I want to lift the heaviest box in the world. And then later I, my arms are sore and like, my, I lift the box, but I suffer afterwards. But there's just like, when people like open up that fire and they're like, that fire is a good thing and you should use it for good and like get what you want with it. It's just like, it just never ends. Like you only build on it. There's no taking away from it after someone's been like, go for that. And then you're like, all right, well, <laughs> you've opened a new part and this is what it is now. So I'm growing. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool experience. Um, and I feel like that it's a, it's almost a rare experience for you to have those moments where like you let that like inner flame kind of take over and you fight for something that you believe in or you fight, you know, to to make moves in your life, anything like that. I feel like mm -hmm. the, those moments are few and far between, but they're always so impactful and so memorable. So it's it's really interesting. I I yeah. really I just love I love that. I think that's something that we've always shared is a little bit of like a fight and a drive just to do better. Well, I think one of the most um, challenging times uh, in in my career was deciding to to do the EMT work. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home from the first class with the books that are a mile high, mm -hmm. and I remember reading the first chapter and thinking to myself oh my gosh, I don't understand this. It's a different language. Losing, losing it on the way home, driving home, going, oh my God, I just started crying. I, said, yep. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can. I don't understand these words. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know what? Try. Because not only did I pass my test, state test? Um, I got a 90 on my state test. I slam dunked it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just have to try. And this is someone, like, I'm, I'm telling you, I was hysterical crying. Because I don't know what I got myself into. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do this. But then I put all my effort into it. And if you put your effort into it, you can do it. You can do mm -hmm. it. And you can ace it. Mm -hmm. But I did Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That was hard. That was really hard. I was scared. Yeah. No, I, I remember you, you <laughs> studying, studying for that. Oy. Honestly, yeah. I my, just studied a lot. My, my, I, would, I would wake up and my mom would be yeah, studying so, uh, at her desk and I would go school. to bed and she'd be studying. studying. I'm like, yeah, wow. Because yeah. <laughs> it was just something that you really wanted to do. It's something that you wanted to prove to yourself that you could do, that you were capable of. And that's exactly what you did, which is really impressive. I didn't just want to do it. I wanted to do it awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Don't, don't just want to do it. Want to do it awesome. <laughs> How old were you when you had Crystal? Oh, goodness gracious. I was a youngin. Yeah. I was 20 years old when I had Oh, my goodness. Uh, I wow. For two years. We got I got married at 18. Oh my gosh. Um, of course, by choice, because I wasn't pregnant, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we 
of their A-team, um, sweethearts, high school sweethearts. It's very romantic, very lovey, lovey story. And it's ahead of our 20. And we wow. made a good run of it. Mm -hmm. So six, seven years married. Wow. And then we just grow older, grow apart. Mm -hmm. That's all. Nothing traumatic, really. Yeah, no. No, nothing too crazy. But it, it was interesting from my perspective you know being being a child at that time you know my so you were like seven-ish mm -hmm. sorry uh i was five when you first got divorced five when we separated right okay, okay. i was five when you separated yeah, yeah probably like six when you were six. actually yeah. divorced yeah, yeah, yeah. okay but it was really interesting from my perspective to see both my parents now go from, you know, obviously when you're married, obviously when you're married um, and you have a double income household, mm -hmm. then you go from that, which is much more, I, I shouldn't say much more sturdy, but more financially secure, I'd say. Yeah, then yeah. Then you split up and now you have these two young parents, yeah. now single parents, both living separately. So now they have to make up twice their income. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I remember both my parents now had to get second jobs, and uh, it was really interesting. But both my parents, you know, worked so hard to give me everything that I ever needed, and, you know, they really, really tried, and they tried to work together, too, through all of it. But, That's awesome. You know, I mean, could you just shed some light on how that was for you going from – you know, being married and kind of like the domestic type to now a partnership. Yeah. Jobs. Well, the, the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard. It's hard because, um, as the mother, you know, I had her the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. So, and which I wanted, but didn't quite work out financially for me. Mm hmm. Um, because she would be home and then I'd have to be home with her and, you know, where her father did have a little bit of an advantage, he could get to go to work a lot more and, and therefore make some more money. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was difficult. Um, but you make it happen. You make it work. Mm -hmm. You make, you, you know, I had to, um, I had I really had, I had to get a roommate mm -hmm. I need to make up some time. I need to make up some money and I needed somebody I trusted. So I found another girl, young girl mm -hmm. who had a little boy, um, younger than you at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so basically we, we kind of acted as if we were a married couple. She was a nurse. So she would work the three days and then I would make sure that my schedule worked the three days. And then, um, you know, I would come home from work, exhausted, 12-hour shift, and she would say, hey, your dinner's in the fridge. I'm like, oh, my God, you're the best. Oh, that's amazing. Roommate, wife ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so uh, we would take care of each other's kids. And, it, you know, you, you do need two people to raise kids. Mm -hmm. You need that back and forth, and you need help. And just, just the fact that she that I had dinner. The fact that she, um, on occasion, and we took turns, I would have her son and the both, I would put both the kids in the bath. Both the kids had dinner. Both the kids are in bed. And then her dinner would be in the fridge. 
it's my turn, but you really do need that help to to be able to work full time and raise babies. Yeah. And that was it. And it was probably nice having like a friend to like who understood what your personal experience with motherhood was like because she was there. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. You, you, you know, I, th- I don't think that enough women um, call upon their, their girlfriends for help in that situation. And I think yeah. they should. Mm-hmm. Um, even when, even before I got divorced, when I was just newly married and Crystal was a baby. There was, uh, it was, it was military, and we were also young, but we would take turns on, you know, have the girls having a girls' night out because the boys were gone. Mm-hmm. The boys were working. The boys were away at sea for six months, and it was just young twenty-year-old girls with, you know, toddlers and 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 infants, and we really did help each other a lot and i think women should help each other more in especially raising raising the babies mm. you need yeah you yeah do. yeah and i think a lot of women are kind of trained in a way to not ask for help because it feels like a burden almost to reach out and ask someone else for something and it's i think it's definitely on us to make sure in our like groups of women that we make it clear that if you need help, it is not a burden to ask me for help. Like I am here for you. And I think like Crystal and I are very lucky for our friend group because it's like the most unrealistic support group. It's (laughs) magical and it doesn't make any sense, but it's just like women helping women, helping women, like, like just do better in life and like it's amazing and I think that a lot of women need to start working on changing their perspectives of other women instead of thinking it'd be a burden or like comparison like they're gonna think I'm a bad mom if I ask for help or something like that it's like we have to get more comfortable communicating how we're actually feeling to our female friends like it's very important I think moms are starting to get a little better with that these days. Yeah. They will very clearly tell each other, you know what? You take the kids today for <laughs> lunch outing. I'm going to go and get a pedicure because I need it. <laughs> and I think that's that's great. That's what I had done mm-hmm. when you were a baby and, and you have to. Yeah. And then even when I was older and single and trying struggling with money you know there's nothing wrong with having a roommate Mm-mm. a friend that you can depend on yeah and and we helped each other through a very tough time that's amazing that was it. so were you working at the fire department when did you start working for the fire department <laughs> To the binders. So I actually um, was sworn in at the fire department on um, January of 2016. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, But before that, I had, I I did the canine, working with canines for search and rescue before that. Okay. So the search and rescue came before the fire department. Yes. 
So did you start that? You started that when Crystal was in high school or? Yes. So fun fact, once you've dedicated your whole life to raising your child <laughs> and your kid is applying to colleges, it's going to leave you. You kind of sit back and go, hey, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> So that was my thought, and um, what I came up with is uh, I'd like to do some volunteer work, nothing crazy, and yeah, so then I saw the search and rescue business, jumping at helicopters, all that looked fun, mm -hmm. and I figured I was young enough to still do it. <laughs> Just super casual, it looked fun. <laughs> like most, most like moms when their kids go off to college take up scrapbooking or knitting. My mom's like, no, I think I want to jump out of a moving helicopter. <laughs> and I'm also going to train a dog to do it with me. So. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so, yeah, that's funny when you say it that way. <laughs> it's that confidence and that fire. She's like, yeah, of course that's what I would do. I'm not going to take up scrapbooking. It's so nonchalant for you. No, most moms are crocheting. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. fire department was because uh they asked me <laughs> they requested me um they did um they um rewrote the bylaws for me wow my canine partner <laughs> they did uh i don't live in nisaquag i live in satawket so that is on an average of 20 minute drive so it's out of district. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be part of a fire department or, you know, a first responder organization, you need to be there quickly. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes is not so quickly. Especially on Long Island, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, the reason that they asked for me and um, made me a member of their department was because of my canine experience and what I do with canines. Um, I've been a lead eva evaluator for um, the National Association of Search and Rescue for many years now. Um, this, I don't even know how many years it is. Holy cow. There we go. 2013, it looks like. Crystal, can you explain um, what your mom said before we started recording about her research? Because it was really funny, and I. <laughs> oh yeah, any so any brief pauses is uh, the fact that my mom has about a half a dozen binders full of uh, certificates, documentations, yes. dates, 
all of that, all of her like legal documentation for all of her awesomeness, essentially. But because there's so much, she she remember. gets the dates mixed up, so she has them all laid out on the floor right now, so that yeah. she can fact check herself. Yes. Uh, and the binders are not small binders. She is like lifting them with like, like a whole binders. body lift. <laughs> Oh yeah, she has her plaque here too. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 so much. You know, I've done so much. There's so many certificates and and dates and people I've worked under and and I mean well we can talk about some of the fun stuff that I have actually with me. What's the fun stuff? Oh, the searches. The searches where I actually made finds. Oh yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this this well, I mean not all of it's fun, but I have. Well, tell them a fun one. Okay. You don't need uh, to tell a not fun one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to hear one of each, maybe. <laughs> I like unfun stories as well. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're like they're like really. It's not like it's like entertaining. It's like actually a downer. <laughs> so maybe we'll go yeah. for a more upbeat find. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, well, let's start with, okay, so I like this girl, this one. Well, this is my first find ever. My <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Live search and rescue find. And her name was, oh, well, let's just call her Kate. All right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think we yeah, should. Yeah, we just, might not want to give out we'll personal just, information. We'll just, we'll just yeah, we can't. Give we'll censor, that. yeah. Well, no, I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> I mean, Kate. with your words. <laughs> a close search and it was it was very exciting um you know we had two teams team a team b i was team b team a went out and um we had a ping on her cell phone as to where she was last what happened was there was a storm the day before and she goes hiking often in these woods it blew down some trees so halfway into her run she says Oh no, I don't know where the heck I am. Trees are blown down. Markers. So she didn't know how to get back. Of course, she decides to do this in the late evening. And now we're on a, you know, sunset crunch. Anywho, we, we, you know, we go out. And um, Team A had someone on the team that didn't feel well. They had to stop. So we kept on. We were, and that this was rough because I was the only girl, a team of four, mm-hmm. very um, tall, large, healthy men. Um, yeah, six two, six three, mm-hmm. and they're they're hoofing it through the woods. Me, five ten. I got curves on my hips. You know? <laughs> um. And just in general, a girl. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're going through. I'm keeping up with the boys. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty healthy, uh, strong. And so we, we get going. And um, one of the things we do with search and rescue is that you whistle or call out the um, subject's name. And we don't like to call them victims because they're not in, until they are. Mm-hmm. So subject. And so somebody whistled. They hear a whistle back. They go, huh. Call back to base. Uh, did team A whistle? 
Are there anybody else in the area? Anybody else listening? Negative. We look at each other. Call out again. We call again. She answers. <laughs> so now we all look at each other like, holy crap. Let's Got a go. live one. <laughs> yeah, let's, oh my God. I think that's her. So <laughs> we, we, we call out again. She answers. We hoof it to her. And, uh, and sure enough, um, there she is. And again, I was the only girl. So, um, I was the one that had full physical contact with her mm -hmm. to, to make sure that she was physically sound and safe. And, um, which was really exciting, um, for her father who actually is part of the search and rescue team out where they live. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We were just a visiting team. <laughs> Which was even more fun, and she was the greatest kid ever. Um, I think she was around 18 years old or so. And, wow. And I have a I have a picture of her, and she's so happy to see she's me. smiling ear she's, to ear. Yeah, she <laughs> What a great kid. Super fun. That, that was, I think, one of my favorite. That was my, one of my first finds. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't be happier. She couldn't be happier. It was a very awesome experience. Super wow. Fun. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so you, the dogs were with you? You had the dogs as well? Or was it just people? At this time, it was just Land Searcher. Mm -hmm. My canine um, actually helped me on oof, I, 20, 20 or so more other searches where I worked my my canine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, um, not all of them had such an awesome ending. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are unknowns, so missing and then no answer, mm -hmm. which is probably the worst. Yeah, you know, because uh... you you at least like an answer to the question. You know, one way or the other. The the unknown is, is hard, I, I'd like to think. The unknown is the worst. Yeah. Um, one of the things, um, I, I also um, cross-trained my canine for uh, human remains detection. So, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> the, the running joke um, with us in our department was, you know, dead or alive, we're going to find you. <laughs> gonna find Such you. a dark joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, off color. I just, I just want to say one thing. The first time I ever went to Crystal's house, um, I don't remember what event it was, but I walk in and our typical events, you walk into a room and you're handed some kind of alcohol beverage and then it's everyone just like a kind of attacking you at once. And I remember the first thing was like, here's a shot. There's an arm in the freezer. You want to see it? And I was like, <laughs> what? I don't, where am I? I'm on Long Island. There's an arm in the freezer. Like, <laughs> it was a foot, actually. It was okay, a foot. it was a foot. Okay. <laughs> That's better. That's better. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so uh. funny. <sighs> I did have a question, but then I forgot it because the foot in the freezer came up. <laughs> well, we, we, we joke about the, the freezer, you know. I, I tell my daughter's friends, you know, I make Dahmer look like a sissy. 
He's <laughs> <laughs> got nothing on me. <laughs> do you ever feel like, um, is, do you have a way to not bring work home? Like, you know, you definitely see some gruesome things I can imagine and just some really sad, even though I'm sure the happy things make up for all of the sad things and the answers to the question make up for whether it's a good answer or a bad answer. But when you leave work, between leaving work and going home, do you have like a way to like digest what happened and like keep it like outside or anything like that? Has that been like a struggle for you or... Like, has it ever, like, made you, like, anxious or anything like that? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I told you the good story. Um, most of them are not. Mm -hmm. There was um, an elderly woman that went missing on the island. And, um, you know, we found her. Mm -hmm. Deceased. Mm -hmm. um, that was sad. Um, the family wrote us a letter. I have that letter. It was a thank you. Mm. So, you know, even though uh, 80 to 90% of them are sad, everyone, every family deserves to have an answer and they need to have somewhere to put their flowers. Mm -hmm. And if I can give that to them, then I've done my job. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's what I, I, it's what I train for, you know, all the land navigation, all the certifications, all the time in the woods, all the tests. 80 acres in an hour and a half and with the canines and, and training. It's so that honestly that thank you letter is all I need. Mm -hmm. That was it. That's what I needed. It makes it worth it for me. Yeah. That's so giving. So giving of yourself and your energy. It's so funny. I don't know if uh, Crystal told you about the last interview we did. Um, we were talking about energy and Crystal was talking about how she has had a few experiences in her life where she has like witnessed some really upsetting things and she's had a spiritual and emotional connection to those people like feeling for them and it I don't know. I feel like for you to do that job <laughs> by choice and like give yourself to it, there has to be a little like some of that in you as well, that energy and that like that empathy and just kindness and goodness. And it's just so hopeful that there's two people like that sitting in front of me. <laughs> Thank you, Claudia. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud to be so much like my mom. It's <laughs> really awesome. Thank you. Oh, now we're going to get squishy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> Do you have any other questions, Claudia? I don't know. I'm just thinking. We talked a lot about 
like how you've had just like this fire and this drive getting through all these things and we live unfortunately in a very masculine world <laughs> and um the little bits of woman badassness that like kind of says fuck you to the masculine energy like that's forcing all of us in a direction <laughs> it's just very awesome and um have you received any like reactions from men in your career or something where it's felt very misogynistic i'm assuming the answer is yes as you shake your head and smile this like i don't know i feel like for me personally when i notice that at work it makes my work environment feel a little different i feel a little um wiser <laughs> when i notice like people being misogynistic towards me at work or something like that so i'm wondering if like in your experience if just like getting through that stuff that you're just like, you're just stupid, like just whatever. Or if it still takes like a few seconds to like process what's happening and have that kind of reaction. Um, yes, of course. Of course. I am in a male dominated uh, scene all the time, you know, um, between the search and rescue, which by the way is not so male dominated. It's kind of almost 50-50. Wow. All females run canines. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly. But with the fire department, that's an original boys club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that obviously is, is male-dominated, the whole thing. Um, also, you know, becoming an officer... In, in this situation it's not easy but there are things that you have to understand and take into consideration um, first and foremost there's always going to be uh, misogynistic uh, comments mm -hmm. hey honey, hey dear mm -hmm. that a girl Ugh. all those sort of things but you have to put it in context Mm. because the older gentlemen don't see it that way. They're used to cartoons like Betty Boop. Now, Google it, everyone. Kids, Google it. <laughs> it's the original male chauvinistic cartoon. And when you do Google it, you say, holy cow, could they possibly get away with that? <laughs> yeah, they did. And that's the way it was. So you have to consider the, the context, the age, and whether, I mean, come on, are they joking with you or not? Grow up. Put some big girl pants on. Mm. Stop it. Just because he calls you honey doesn't mean he's meaning it in a foul way. Or is he? Mm -hmm. Use your head. You're smarter than them anyways. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So you let the old man laugh in his little old-fashioned term. Who cares? Does it really bother you? Who cares? Mm -hmm. I find that the younger guys, 
are um, a lot more careful with their dialogue and with the way they talk to you. And they, they just are because that's what they're taught now. Mm-hmm. So you have to be, you know, you have to be a little easy on the old men. Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> now, that, that doesn't mean that they can get away with nonsense. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I have strained out one or two, but you don't have to be so fierce. Because keep in mind, I don't think they really mean it. But what you can do is say, "Hey, I don't like that tone. I think you should uh, open the door for me and treat me more like a lady." Now that is backwards, okay? Because I can open my own door. Mm-hmm. But if he's gonna say, "Hey, honey," Then you open my door, honey. Yeah, put it in his terms. Okay, yeah. if you're going to do this cute whatever, mm, then do the whole thing. You, <laughs> you can't just do one part. You want to go backwards? Yeah. Let's go backwards. Because, and the thing is, when you call them out like that, they like it. They, <laughs> oh, okay, because they didn't mean it in a foul way. Mm-hmm. They just don't, you know, they don't know how to use Google. They don't know how to use Alexa. Okay? <laughs> you know what I'm they call it Lafonda, Lawanda. They can't say the words. Alexa. Yeah, <laughs> and I speak from experience. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He can't. Alexa, Alexa. I think he, was, he was calling her, no, Alexis. <laughs> and she wasn't answering him. And, you know, like, you give, give the older men a little bit of a break. A little bit. <laughs> the, the younger guys, they, they, they know better, and so they don't. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, um, and here's the thing. No matter how old they are, if you stand up strong and in a firm voice talk about what you know and you know is right, they will listen. Mm-hmm. You can't flounder. So, um, you know, for the Long Island search that was some, not too long ago, it was a few years ago, I had uh, eight fire, fire fighters under me, and I was the crew boss on this search. And we were looking for a young lady, and... Um, we had some some details of her uh, this is unfortunate actually buying a rope and um, going into a park mm-hmm. and so that was the search and so so I had eight or so firemen underneath me a couple of them older most of them younger than me much younger about 22 25 mm-hmm the thing is, is because of my experience, DEC um, put me in charge of, of that search area, that search block, because I could do the land navigation, I could do the coordinates, I could do the UTM coordinates. Um, I knew how to do my communications, uh, which I did assign out to one of the firefighters who did no communications, um, but nobody there could do the land navigation. And um, it was straight wilderness through through the bush and all that. You know, we were lucky not to be the ones to find her. Mm. I hear it was an awful sight. Mm. 
and um, but I had to command all these men. They had no problem with it because you need to stand strong, speak firm, and know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, they will follow you, and they will listen to you, and they will respect you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't flounder. Never flounder. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, uh, no. Mm -hmm. Know what you're talking about. And make sure you're right. <laughs> yeah. You do know what you're talking about. And uh, I, I, I haven't really had that much of an issue. Like I said, sometimes the old men. Hey, honey. Yeah. I go, if you're going to call me honey, you better open the door for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice that there's like a group of men being led by a strong woman like you. They are definitely learning a lot from you about respect and probably a lot of their assumptions that they just naturally make because, you know, we're all human. We all have like assumptions that we make and things, but those are being challenged by having you as their leader. And I think that's mm -hmm. amazing. I'm really happy about that. But yeah, it's really awesome, awesome that you sat down with us. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, obviously for me, <laughs> but, um, so before we, you know, close out, uh, do you have maybe one piece of advice that you'd like to, you know, share with our listeners, uh, any young women that maybe are struggling to find their voice or, you know, looking to light that fire within themselves, uh, just one piece of advice for them to really get the ball rolling in, in that direction? Yes. When you decide to do something... Don't do it half-assed. Mm. Be the best. Be the best of whatever you decide you're going to do. That's it. That's how you win. That's how you gain respect of your colleagues, your friends, your family. Don't do it halfway. Ace it. Be an ace. Be top. Win. Yeah. Do That's it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it halfway. Jump all the way in. Yeah, I feel like that, like, wraps it all up, too. Like, don't, you know, the things that you actually want to achieve, like, go for it. But also, like, in taking care of yourself and taking care of your mind and, like, your friends and your family, like, be the best person that you can be. And just, like, do everything with, like, that fire in your soul. And, you know, it gets easier. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. It was Thank really, you. Really great having you on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in this week. And uh, we'll have another episode for you. And we'll talk about all their awesome ladies next week. Bye. <laughs> Love you. <laughs>